0: the following podcast is a w2m network original production visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts plus news reviews articles and opinions from the worlds of wrestling video games football and entertainment
1: and we are live to take on the w2m network for the kickoff Season two, episode two. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, everybody. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me at this time, the original co hosts to still be around, Brandon Biscupping. Hey, hey, hey. The executive producer turned co host, Eric Watkins.
0: Oh, people won't like the amount of Homer I'm going to do tonight.
2: Oh, God.
0: And the chairman of the
1: W2M network, patent pending,
2: <laughs> Jason Teasley. Show me the money. Hey, Jason filled another chair this week.
1: Well, technically Liz was there.
2: True, true, but I'm just saying just in general.
1: Well, I'm glad I, that he... I had do
3: it. what I can do.
1: I'm glad that he had fun filling in on the Monday Night Raw review. You can listen to that as well as the SmackDown Live and 205 Live reviews in the back archive of the W2M Network. Available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean,
2: Cashbox. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That kind of of creeped me out. Don't ever do that again.
1: I do it on a regular basis. You missed your
3: yeah, cue. Don't, don't, you, don't you,
1: do it again. You missed your cue, Jason. You were supposed to say, "And glacier is coming." <laughs> uh, no,
3: Gl- Glac- I'll see glacier in two weeks, three weeks. That, you're you're that, getting us a spot. Yeah, I, I'm, oh, you you don't think that that hasn't crossed my mind? We're going. I'm supposed to go to eat with him at Applebee's.
2: Oh, then you're definitely getting us a spot then.
3: I just I'm going. I'm just going to have him make a video so we can. Wait, like, dude. One thing you gotta do is say the kickoff is coming. <laughs> I, just, I just want a video. I, I will I will pay you, I will pay extra for you just to make a video that says the kickoff he's, is coming.
0: He's <laughs> giving Glacier a booking fee for football. Purposes. Look, considering is how the strings that I'm pulling to have some sound effects and certain things for point of viewer, he's doing the right thing. Man, if Four. we could actually we were supposed to have sound effects, and then
1: somebody and their daughter fell asleep at the wheel last season, <laughs> Sean.
3: Hey, I, I, I offered to try to get my daughter to do it, but she wants money, and I do nothing for monetary gain for children. I don't believe in child labor. So I just told her that if she doesn't do it, I'm going to
1: kill her bunny. <laughs> oh, wow. Tonight, tonight's episode of The Kickoff brought to you by PETA.
3: <laughs> it's 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 better than the suicide hotline <laughs> oh yeah my god
1: uh for those of you That's not sure call okay for those of you not getting that reference consider yourself lucky <laughs> yes but like to, go check out our super bowl review episode of the kickoff you'll be thoroughly disappointed <laughs> all so right so <laughs> So, shall we give everybody a heads up of what to expect on tonight's episode of the kickoff, gentlemen? Sure. No, let's
3: just let it be a cluster and let them figure it out.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much every episode of the kickoff. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, why ruin a good thing? (laughs) Let's go ahead and give a little bit of a table of contents. This is your AFC preview edition here, which means it's my turn and Eric's turn to be complete and total homers much the same way where we were during the college football preview last week here. My Buffalo Bills will be in the first division we talk about. Eric's Jacksonville Jaguars will be in the third division we talk about tonight. We are going to go division by division, discuss each of the teams. We don't have to go too thoroughly in-depth on the teams, but discuss some of the things that we like about the team, some of the things that we don't, what stands out to us for the team. And then the big thing for each division is all four of us are going to predict order of finish. So that way we can look back on this, and yeah, at the end of December, beginning of January, and realize just how big a morons we truly are.
3: (laughs) Speak for yourself.
1: Uh, I'm about
0: to say I'm only half moron from my dad's side, so come on, give (laughs) me some credit. I'm going to go out on
3: a limb. Here here we go. Y'all ready for this? Sure. I will will predict Harry and Eric's division the order finished correctly. Okay. My
1: my division isn't that difficult, unfortunately.
3: Well, I didn't say it was going to be hard. I just said I would do it correctly. I'll go out on the limb. I will predict all four divisions correctly.
1: Uh huh. We'll see about that.
3: But there if, are. There... If, if I do not, I will. I will make a a special kickoff video, and I will shave my head in dishonor.
2: Oh God, that'll be do fun. Have, do you even have
1: any hair?
3: Yeah, I got like a. Uh, I got hair, then I got like a bald spot that looks like a yarmulke.
1: So basically, uh, uh, you're doing this more for self-preservation than anything to do with the actual show. No, I
3: will. I will not. I will try not to. Uh, I will try not to get a haircut till the end of the season. I'm going to get a haircut, and I will let my hair grow to the end of the season.
1: All right, I'm saying right now that I think that I uh, my order of finish will be more accurate than yours for this season. But, All right, let, let's.
3: Nice. Okay. Okay. Let's let's just throw a a, a nice little. Gentleman's waiver out there. Wager? <laughs> yeah. A waiver, too. We can throw a waiver out there. <laughs> hey, hey, you can, can claim me off waivers. All right. If <laughs> I'm a free agent, you can claim me off waivers. I can <laughs> go show
1: to show. It doesn't I think, matter. I think we already did claim you off waivers. That's why there's yeah. no chairs here. Anymore.
3: <laughs> so, so the loser has to come on for the entire episode and praise. The winner, the other the three losers have to do nothing but praise the winner at the end of the season, the season wrap up.
1: The winner shall henceforth be known as Predictadomus on the season wrap-up episode. How's that? There we go. ADM. All right, we can do that. I'm in for that. Brandon, you in Eric? I'm in. You have yourself a bet, good sir. All right. Which means I'm going to need to listen back to this episode and write down everybody's
2: predictions come mid December. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, that's going to be fun.
1: (laughs) But, all right. So, what do you say we get into this episode here, gentlemen? What do you say we start the kickoffs AFC prediction special? Let's do it. All right. We start in the AFC East. And, well, I mean, technically, do you guys want to go alphabetically or do we want to go by last season's order of finish?
3: Uh-huh. Do we? I mean, the the east. Do we really? I mean, it's such a vast gap. Uh,
1: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'm still asking. <laughs> Alphabetical
0: order of finish.
2: Let's go order of finish.
0: Order of finish. That's what I was thinking. All right. Well, then we
3: let's off- go with the who has the most to the least name guys <laughs> named Jackson on their team. <laughs>
1: I really don't feel like Googling right now, so we're going to stick this order until we're finished. All right, so that means we start with the defending AFC champions, the New England Patriots. Eric, what about this team stands out the most to you?
0: Personally, there's a little bit more off-season turmoil than it has been in years past. You're not getting the whole hi-ho, golly-gee, kumbaya kind of internalized patriot spirit. You've got your classic triangle of feuds between Robert Kraft and Belichick, Belichick and Brady, Brady and Kraft being buddies. Plus, you've got arguably a not-so-secret weapon, Julian Edelman. He's out for the first four games of uh, this season. So, I... I'm not looking at the same dominant Patriots teams as I have for the past 15 years. Brandon, what stands out to you the most about this
1: New England team?
2: Um, While I definitely agree with uh, what Eric said, and this is going to be an interesting year uh, for the Patriots, what really stands out to me, and maybe this will actually finally be the year that this uh, ends up... Coming to fruition, but the seemingly uh, infinite uh, playing time for for uh, Tom Brady, the fact that he's able to still put up top notch numbers at his age, and every year it seems like someone says, "Oh, this is that the year that you're finally gonna see some some decline in his stats and some decline in his work and in his play." Um, but it never ends up happening.
1: Okay, A, you almost called him True Blood, which is hilarious. I, I, I know this. B, Jason, what are your thoughts here? What's the most? What do you think stands out the most about this New England team going into twenty eighteen?
3: Um, I, I think it's going to be the departures and how they're going to actually bounce back from the fact that they've lost uh cooks. Um. <laughs> to the Rams, uh, but again, it's Brady and his walker as the blindside blocker. Uh, I think that they'll overcome that. And the fact that New England actually has a legit running attack going into this season after seeing the departure of Deion Lewis.
1: Well, they had Dion Lewis depart, but they picked up Jeremy Hill from the Bengals.
3: Yeah, like I said, Jeremy. Jeremy Hill's a goal line vo- T D vulture. That's the only significant he's a short yardage back. He's not gonna be a bell cow. He never he wasn't in Cincinnati. He's not gonna be in New England. Um you're gonna see you're gonna actually see something that Belichick learned from the New York football giants when they had the ground and pound. And they're gonna use the phenomenal rookie they drafted, as well as Hill, to give the Patriots a legit running game.
1: Well, you're referring to Sony Michelle, that their late first round draft pick out of Georgia. Oh, uh, real quick here. Girl name. Real quick here, Eric. I wanted to get your thoughts on this since you specifically mentioned Dan Mandola by name. You mean Edelman? Or Edelman by name. Losing mandola as well, but you mentioned Edelman by name. Do you think that's offset by the acquisition of... <laughs> do you believe that that is offset by the acquisition of Cordell Patterson?
0: No, because I don't think Cordell You're not talking about the same kind of wide receiver. Patterson, very electric and has a lot of great speed. He's going to see much more of his advantage on special teams than as a receiver. You're talking about Edelman, yes, a little bit smaller, much more efficient at running routes, and with the way that the Patriots love to use slot receivers in their offense, he was always either the number one checkdown guy or in some cases the number one target. This isn't going to be like, that '07 7 season when the Patriots had Randy Moss, that legitimate deep threat, and everything changed. I think it's going to take quite a bit of time, probably three, four weeks, just to find a fit for Cordero Patterson into this offense. And this is a Patriots team that is probably going to be without what uh, Pro Football Weekly,
1: which is the magazine that I'm using for my predictions and my uh, my roster knowledge here. Their predicted, AM, their predicted offensive breakout star for the New England Patriots was wide receiver Malcolm Mitchell. Well, about that. Mitchell got cut a couple of days ago by the Patriots.
0: Mm. Yeah.
3: So did Jordan Matthews, who everybody thought was going to re- resurrect his career there.
1: I mean, in fairness, Matthews was never really anything more than a B receiver in Buffalo.
3: Yeah, like the what? He was was nice and feeling though.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, but B receiver in Buffalo. So you're talking what C minus D for New England? (laughs) You shut your whore mouth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And let's talk about the other two pieces that they lost. Uh, Jason briefly mentioned Deion Lewis, but let's not forget the other piece of the offense that stepped away from the team after last season as well: tight end Martellus Bennett. Now granted they have arguably the best tight end in the game in Steven Gronkowski. But Gronk has just, has officially made it known that he or hold why, on, did you just say Yes, I
3: did. You said Steven. Okay, I, I'm I'm not I'm I, not hallucinating like I thought I, I was.
1: I called him his brother, yes I did.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I'm like that.
1: The pa- the Patriots have arguably the best tight end in football in Rob Gronkowski. So, the loss of Martellus Bennett isn't going to be as significant to the Patriots, perhaps, as it would be to another team, such as the Bears, where he left last season. But at the same time, you have to think that this hurts their depth at the tight end position, does it not?
2: Definitely, especially considering how uh, Gronk is very notorious for getting injured.
1: Uh, or
3: just not wanting to play and claiming he's injured.
2: Mm-hmm. Or just wanting
0: to go to Vegas. <laughs>
3: Or the ability that he just wants to bang porn stars.
0: Did not admit to it. <laughs> well, in, in fairness,
1: banging porn stars is now kind of Jimmy Garoppolo's gimmick. But we'll talk about him when we do the NFC preview next week.
0: Yeah, that's the difference. He admits it. He was
1: caught on video. He doesn't have a choice.
0: There well, was anyway, a picture with Gronkowski and B.B. Jones. Come on now. <laughs> I don't I don't know who B.B.
1: Jones is, but I feel like Eric could change that knowledge off-air. Moving on.
3: <laughs> Just do yourself a favor and look it up. It's it's high-quality stuff.
1: Amen. Right, guys. Your guys' thoughts on uh, Gronkowski's now current backup in New England, the former Indianapolis Colt, Dwayne Allen?
3: Uh, I think he's going to see a resurgence in his career with Brady and the fact that Gronk can't stay healthy.
2: Yeah, he'll definitely play well in New England. He's not quite to Gronk level, but, you know, he'll still be a serviceable uh, tight end. Yeah,
0: and if you're talking with Gronk, say you get 10 games out of him this year. I think Allen will be perfect in that six games, maybe seventh, depending on how things position with the playoffs and when the injury occurs. That's more than enough to be assimilated into be that target.
1: And you got to think that Allen's going to be more of a blocking tight end because Gronk's more considered as a weapon rather than a blocker.
0: Absolutely.
3: All when right. was the last time Gronk played without a decent, above-average, complimentary tight end on the opposite side? Uh, yeah, you, you, you don't know because I've, it's never happened. Well, you Gronk, before... Gronk can't sustain the offense by itself at the... So they have to go out and all that's that's my on Don't get me wrong, I think he's one of the best tight ends in the game. But if he doesn't have a tight end opposite of him, his numbers suffer drastically.
2: Who was there before uh the murderer uh got uh got? Uh, him and uh, Grunt came in the same year. Oh, did they? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it would have been it would have been Aaron Hernandez and then after Hernandez's issues with issues with the law, you have more recently Martellus Bennett and now yeah. Dwayne Allen.
2: Yeah, so that's that's a good point.
1: Do we have any comments on the defense that officially gave away the Super Bowl game to Philadelphia, allowing the Eagles to put up 40?
2: No, not really.
0: No, it's just
2: eh. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the greatest defense. It's serviceable, but
1: the problem is is in this division, it really doesn't matter how good their defense is. Their offense is more than enough to sustain them against the other opponents. Exactly.
3: Yeah, they're not it, it, they're they just got to outscore their opponents, not stop them.
1: Speaking of a team that liked to outscore opponents last year, when their offense was on, it was on, but when it wasn't, it wasn't. I give you the example of three points in the wildcard playoff game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I am of course referring to my Buffalo Bills. Eric, a complete shakeup in Buffalo as the starting quarterback is
0: gone. Yeah, and now he could potentially be opening a lot of victory fridges filled with Bud Light for fans in Cleveland, <laughs> which I what I'm personally rooting for. Oh uh, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're rooting
1: for Cleveland to go 0-16 again, so you can Grand Marshal this time. <laughs> no, we're
0: not gonna have a parade twice. It's been there done that. They missed their chance. I'm telling you, Cleveland, you screwed up. Even the weather was trolling you. It would have been perfect, but no. Even <laughs> got a free flight to Southwest But hey, whatever. That's on y'all, Cleveland. You see why LeBron left. But anyways, all right, I got- agree. So, the biggest story this year from Buffalo actually
1: isn't Tyrod Taylor leaving because his replacement is coming in AJ McCarron. The biggest story in Buffalo right now has to be the domestic abuse scandal for LaShawn McCoy, is it not? And rather, oh or not this, and rather or not this is going to cost McCoy any games at all, much the same way like it did to Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys.
2: Uh,
3: he's going to suffer. He's going to get some kind of suspension because Goodell has to be PC and cater to people. But I I think that even though he'll be proven innocent by all courts and all eyes, uh, Goodell's still going to make him serve at least a four-game suspension.
0: I personally, I personally wouldn't be surprised if even with that innocence, he gets a similar arrangement as Jameis Winston did, and instead of the full six, he gets three.
2: I I think I'd have to agree with Jason. I think it'll be at least 4. Yeah, cuz
3: I mean that's what Elliot got. 4. Elliot got 6. Well, I thought it was 6 and it reduced down to 4.
0: No. No, I'm uh, pretty
1: sure Ezekiel yeah. Elliot served. Okay.
0: Yeah, he he fought it and fought it and he wound up serving the full 6. James Wingey. Yeah, he
3: he fighting. served it at the end of the season. That's right.
0: Yeah.
2: I think McCoy, I think he'll probably learn from what happened to Ezekiel Elliott last year, and he'll probably talk it down to four and then just serve it.
1: All right, Eric, what impresses you the most about what's going on in Buffalo right now?
0: Uh, Thanks. That's actually a legitimately good question, <laughs> um, Josh Allen can make a specific type of throw. I'm Nathan Peterman can go another preseason game without getting intercepted. I actually
1: he he, he was intercepted in the preseason game. He was nine at ten. That incompletion was actually an interception.
0: It's <laughs> well, that off the list. I'm sorry, Harry. I'm not, I'm not... wow. Well, there I go trying to give somebody credit. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Thanks, Thanks. Eric. Oh, Buffalo fans, I feel so (laughs) sorry. You've got crap weather. You've got three. Oh, oh, God.
2: And and you got rid of what should have been your franchise quarterback.
0: Root for the Ah. Sabres. You have hope with the Sabres. Hockey is better anyways in the winter. <laughs> you know that. <laughs>
1: okay, A, hey, you're a Florida Panther fan. What do you know about hockey?
0: Oh, uh, at Helm, we won the division a couple years ago when we were within one point of the playoffs just last season, and we got Yager as an all-star as well until he left, which, yeah, you were saying? Anyway. <laughs> This isn't this isn't the face-off.
1: This is the kickoff. <laughs> anyway, um, Brandon, do you have anything about what's going on in Buffalo right now? Because Eric's obviously of no help.
2: Um, I mean the 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 LeSean McCoy stuff is obviously the big story in terms of off the field, and that's going to play a big impact on the season as a whole, based on if he gets any, you know, what his suspension is. And I I don't think any of us think that he's not going to get some sort of suspension, even if this does come to pass, because that's how Roger Goodhill ha- handles things. But the big story in Buffalo is definitely going to be their quarterback situation. You've got A.J. McCarron there, who, you know, is a serviceable quarterback, but not a, you know, lead your franchise anywhere type of quarterback.
1: That's that's the thing though, Brandon. We don't know that yet because he's never been put into an opportunity where he's had the reins of a franchise. He's
2: Didn't been he? sitting
1: behind He's been sitting behind Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. That's
2: that's true. I'll give you that. Um and with, it's gonna be a very I think the Bills are gonna have a decent season this year, but it's going to be a very bumpy ride, I think.
1: Jason? Mm,
3: Something nice about the Bills.
1: It doesn't. Just give me your team preview because we're not going to have time to go nice and bad. I
3: I mean, I think I'm going to give the Bills more credit than what anybody else is. Um, I'm just scared that their quarterback, they're not going to be able to sustain a quarterback starting because they'll constantly want to change and second-guess themselves. McCoy's going to be out, therefore, that if it falls on McCarron or Allen to carry that team, you're going to falter a lot. But I have, I've just have a sneaky feeling that they'll finish a lot better than what anybody else will give them. Any of you guys will give him credit for. Without am oh, saying
2: that they're not going to finish bad, or that they are going to finish bad. I'm just saying I think they they're going to have a bumpy ride this year.
1: I think
3: I think, I think they're going to have the 20 2017 Giants year. That's I, a I, good comparison. Three and third. Three and thirteen. We ain't talking records. You told me I can't talk records.
1: (laughs) I said we're not going to give record predictions in our final predictions of the standings for the divisions, but we can talk records from previous seasons.
3: Yeah, I, I, I predict Buffalo wins three
1: games. I don't think it's quite that bad in Buffalo right now. Don't get me wrong. We kind of had this conversation about Alabama when we were doing our college football preview, and I made the statement that if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. That
2: is well, they got it... three. Hmm. And one and of we... them,
3: the pick machine.
1: Well, then One of them plays is...
3: for the other team.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe that means we might have a quarterback and a half if we have three. Anyway, my point being that What's going to have to happen is Sean McDermott is going to have to pick one, uh, pick a quarterback and stick with him mm-hmm. because constantly flipping the roster around in order to have McCarron start a game here, Peterman start a game here, and throw four interceptions like he did against the Chargers, or to have Josh Allen start a game here. The only way Josh Allen should start a game this year is if Buffalo's season completely falls apart. This should be AJ McCarron's team to run, and the reason I say that. Is because Peterman has, has proved, not proven himself in the regular season. And Josh Allen is a rookie. And I am of the opinion that in the first season or two of a rookie's career, he should ride the bench and learn from everything around him. Rather or not that happens in Buffalo, it's going to be determined because this is a team that, while there are still weapons there, arguably the best running back in the NFL in LaShawn McCoy, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL in Kelvin Benjamin. One of the better tight ends in the NFL in Charles Clay. One of the best kickers in the NFL in Stephen Hauschka. The question is, Is can everything come together the way that it did last year for Buffalo to go 9-7 and seven and make the postseason as a wild card, ending the 17-year drought? Even as a homer, my answer to that question is no. We now move to South Beach down Eric's way and the Miami Dolphins.
0: Eric? Brock Osweiler. The fact that he is anywhere around that team, let alone on the roster, scares the crap out of me. And as a side note, they attempted to do addition by subtraction and getting rid of Damo Kong Su on that defensive line. He's now getting a pretty decent payday out in L.A. with the Rams. No. Even though he wasn't his same self that he was in Detroit, that's still subtraction by subtraction. (laughs) The pass rush isn't going to be anywhere near as intimidating. If Tannehill can't stay healthy, you're screwed a quarterback yet again. You lost your best wide receiver, Jarvis Landry, and he's now in Cleveland. (sighs) Ah. I, wow, yeah, there's other things to do in South Beach this year. Save your money.
1: Do you think it's possible that they may have improved the team's morale by losing Landry but gaining a guy like Amendola?
0: Yeah, improving the team's morale, but I didn't see necessarily where morale was a problem. Plus, your morale is always going to be crap when you have Smoke and Jay Cutler under center. <laughs>
3: He has a great porn stash. You hush your mouth. <laughs> he, does.
1: he does have a great 70s porn stash. That I cannot deny.
0: But yeah, maybe- but if I, I would love to see it on places other than reality television. I mean, if certain people with certain amounts of money would make certain offers for certain things like a sex tape, I wouldn't mind seeing the end result of that. Hmm. The views and opinions of Eric Watkins do not necessarily
1: reflect anyone else here on the kickoff. Hate mail Garmer, you know the joke by <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Biscabing, your thoughts on the Miami Dolphins?
2: Um, I mean, the big question is going to be how Amendola is able to fit into the system and how well he's going to do in this offense. Because let's face it, this isn't the Tom Brady New England Patriots offense. He's going to do. He's he's going to need to be doing a lot more of the work. Um, so, do I think they're going to? Completely uh, crap the bed, no, but this is going to be a, lo- a pretty long season for Dolphins. Jason? And with the first overall pick of the 2019
3: <laughs> NFL Draft, with a winless record, I give you the Miami Dolphins taking a quarterback because Ryan Tannehill sucks.
2: <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's a bold one.
3: Okay, they might win. They might not go winless, but I mean they I mean they play Buffalo. We,
2: we we still need to talk about a uh team that uh is even worse than all of these teams combined. And run I mean, almost as horribly as the as the Browns are.
1: You know what, Jason, you can talk all the smack you want to. We tripled your win total last year.
3: And we we what what's five times as much? Your Super Bowl record. <laughs> your
2: Super Bowl wins. Technically, well, up? technically it's infinitely more because they don't have any. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, you can't divide by zero. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm I was yeah. going to say, yeah. technically five times zero is zero. So, not na 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 boo boo Anyway. Um, you so better
3: th- be glad I like Jim Kelly or I would make a really wh- harsh joke.
1: You shut your filthy whore mouth about Jim Kelly. Wide right. I love Jim Kelly. Anyways, yeah, the Dolphins are going to be a train wreck this season. I mean, there's no nice way about this here. And Dominican Sue leaving is probably addition by is subtraction, by or what Eric said, addition by subtraction, because that dude's attitude is piss poor on a poor team, and Miami is going to be a poor team this year. Jarvis Landry is the surprising one here, because I didn't think that there was anything that would have gotten rid of the biggest weapon that Miami has on the field. None of their running backs are anywhere near elite-level status in the NFL. Do not get me wrong. Kenyon Drake has gotten better, but he's not a great starting running back. And Frank Gore is way past his prime. Danny Amendola is an interesting situation about how he ends up here instead of in New England now. Because he goes from an immediate Super Bowl contender in New England to arguably a number one overall draft pick contender in the Dolphins here. Speaking of teams that will be arguably number one overall draft pick contenders, (laughs) let's move back to the Big Apple. Let's go back to the state of New York for the second time in this division. And let's talk about Josh McNown, Teddy Bridgewater, and the New York Football Jets.
2: Forgetting about their uh, first round pick?
1: I am forgetting Uh, about their first round pick because he shouldn't be playing yet. (laughs) I, I know who Sam Darnold is, but he shouldn't be playing, especially uh, with Teddy Bridgewater on the roster.
2: I'll agree with that, but this is the Jets we're talking about. Uh, yeah, oh.
0: you, you forget. They're already hinting at trading Teddy Bridgewater. This is part of their plan. They want to play him, show him off to other teams, do the right thing, trade him to Miami so he won't be utterly miserable. And then they have McCown... mentor Darnold until Darnold comes in mid to late season.
1: Okay, first of all, having Josh McNown as my mentor would scare the shit out of me.
0: (laughs) He's played on enough teams. He knows the drill. (laughs) He's played on all bad bad teams, though.
3: That's like having having Jeffrey Dahmer as a camp camp counselor. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: I would rather be mentored by his brother Cade than Josh.
0: Yeah. Okay, I get it. Yes, this is just like having Wayne Gacy performing at a kid's birthday party. (laughs) Completely understand. But this is the Jets we're talking about. This has been their plan the entire time.
1: Let's talk about them blowing up their backfield and their significant their other position of importance in New York. As Matt Forte is gone, as is the tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins. Forte replaced by Thomas Rawls recently of Se- and Isaiah Cromwell. Wow, they just they just raided Seattle and Cleveland for running backs, didn't they? Yep. Yes, they did. And the new tight end in town. Hold on, let me check my depth chart here.
3: It's me, yeah. Uh, it's it's me, Austin. It was always me.
2: <laughs> it's Eric Tomlinson. Jordan Leggett. Our Jordan Leggett is on top for years.
1: Yeah, it, uh, Maya Magazine has Jordan Leggett listed as the uh, the top tight in here. But that's a significant, either way, Tomlinson or Leggett, it's a significant downgrade from Safarian Jenkins, is it not? Yeah.
3: It's a lateral move, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I agree with Jason. It's like swip, swap, plug and play.
2: I'll kind of go neutral where it's not a significant drop, but it is a bit of a drop. What about Forte being
1: out of the backfield
2: replaced by
1: probably Crowell as the starter?
2: Yeah, that's a pretty big drop. Even though Forte was kind of getting towards the later stages I, of his career, Crowell it just isn't, you know a great running back. I
3: have to disagree. Crowell's gonna be a lot better than anybody gives him credit for, and I think he's actually going to finish in the top 15 running backs this year.
2: Damn.
1: Eric, you want to chime in here on the Crowell and Matt Forte debate?
0: I mean, personally with Crowell, I don't see him as really top 15 material, but I think they're putting together at least a halfway decent offensive line, and it really wouldn't surprise me if Todd Bowles just didn't go running back by committee, which... To me, it seems like the obvious choice, but I think it's really going to lead to a better season than people think. Top 15? No. Maybe top 25? Top 20?
1: <laughs> Are you talking top 15 in the AFC or overall, Jason? Overall. Yeah, I don't hey,
3: I-, I make bold predictions.
1: Y- you clearly do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, That'll wrap up our fourth of the four teams here in the AFC East. Let's go ahead and predict the division standing. Derek, I start with you.
0: I'm not going to say the record. That's not our policy for this particular episode, but I will say that Patriots will take a significant step back. The problem is none of the other teams in the division will take enough of a step forward. Patriots win it. Personally, because I think it's going to be the least train-wrecky and a little bit more surprising, I've got the Jets second. In a little bit of a toss-up, I'm going to be nice and say the build probably on tiebreakers, finish third, and the Dolphins finish last. But... I wouldn't be surprised if those two wind up being interchangeable. It it hurts that you have the Jets finishing ahead of us. (laughs) That physically
2: hurts. I'm I'm
0: being very realistic. Brandon?
2: Yeah, uh, the Patriots are definitely the odds-on favorite in this division. I don't think there's any chance that uh, any of the other three get anywhere close to them. But... In terms of the other three, I honestly think that it's a bit of a toss-up. Where these teams are are kind of in that position of we're not very good, but we have some ways of getting some wins, and we may surprise certain in certain games. So you, you know, I'm not. It, it's very hard for me to say who's going to finish second, third, and fourth. But I have it going. Buffalo second, Miami third, and the Jets last.
1: Jason?
3: The Patriots, nine games behind them, is going to be the Jets with the tiebreaker over the Bills. Dolphins last.
1: So you have New England at 12 and 4, the Jets and the Bills at 3 and 13? No,
3: we do not discuss records. <laughs> you tell me, I, I just gave you.
0: I'm playing with it. I'm coloring within the lines. Um. I, I will say there was actually a very interesting prop bet that I can't remember which casino has it or which sports book, but it's something to look into. You compare the Patriots wins. Compare the wins of all the other three teams in the AFC East combined. I think it's the field wins is a minus nine and a half over Patriots wins. Huh. Mm. Just throwing that out there.
1: I don't think the rest of the division will be that bad. No. I don't think the rest of the division will be good, but I don't think it'll be that bad. And as you mentioned yourself, Eric, this is a down New England team. Completely agree.
3: I've got the rest of the division. I got the rest of the the division winning 10 games total.
0: I, I would honestly, if I'm placing that bet, I would look at Patriots wins because, yeah, the gap, it's going to be very, very tricky. And I think the Bills and Dolphins are going to pull what the Jets do down. So I don't know that extra nine and a half, that's going to be hard.
1: Alright. Anywho. Getting to my predictions. I'm closest to Brandon, but we switched three and four. Patriots one, Bills two, Dolphins three, Jets four. No, that's
2: exactly what I had.
1: Or sorry, excuse me, then flip them around there. I have I have Dolphins third, Jets Fourth. Sorry.
2: No, that is that's what I had.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that's what he had. I'm special, then just go ahead and yeah, uh, Patriots, Bills, Jets, Dolphins.
2: Oh, okay. So you're flipping it around.
0: Now I've confused. Hold on. <laughs> confused. He my... had Brandon. You had Dolphins three, Jets four. Yes. Yeah, so... I'm the other, I'm the other way. Oh, I you have, have Jets
2: do... you have Jets I third have Jets and then.
1: Three. Yeah. Oh, Jets, oh okay. Three, Dolphins four. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh. I was correct originally. We do have three and four switched, but we agree on first and second. Yes. I think Buffalo's down this year. I don't think the Bills – well, we'll talk more about this. Uh, you know what? I'm going to save this discussion for when we do our playoff postseason and award, award predictions at the end of this. So that's going to be the last episode of the kickoff's preseason preview spectacular Next week, we get to the AFC. The week after that, we get into the postseason predictions as well as the year-end award winners. All right, so this show's going to run a little bit long, guys. Yeah. If, if this, that first division was any indication.
3: Well, I'm, I'm just not going to give much in-depth analysis.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to have to tone it back a little bit here. So let's go ahead and move into, honestly, the, the East, or not the East, the North and the West we're probably not going to be as in depth with as we were the South the South and the East, because of the fact that the South and the East have teams of interest for both of us on this show. Mm. Let's move to the AFC North though, and let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Do we have to? Yes, yes Jason.
0: Yeah, there's sports I, I, out. So <clears throat> Roethlisberger,
1: Bell, maybe-ish, kind of. We're not sure. Any updates on that whole situation, Eric? Have you heard anything new?
0: Uh, I haven't heard anything new about Le'Veon Bell. Only the latest things I've heard about Roethlisberger is him being in the concussion protocol. That's not good. No. And again, it over a hit in practice which yeah that how does that even happen how is that becoming a thing this season of all seasons
1: it's it's okay they can always, it's they can always go back to landry jones it's fine
2: no 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 or mason rudolph
1: Rudolph's not ready yet. If anything, it's going to be Josh Dobbs.
2: Mm.
1: Josh Dobbs is actually somewhat acceptable. (laughs) I mean, I think Rudolph will eventually get to the point that he is Big Ben's future replacement in Pittsburgh, but Mm -hmm. this season will live and die on the shoulders of Ben Roethlisberger, especially Mm -hmm. if the Le'Veon Bell drama does not
0: work itself out. Plus, Roethlisberger in a way got what he wanted. There's no Todd Haley. He's Cleveland's problem now. That'll make things easier. You just hope he has his head on straight. Literally in this case. Hmm.
1: What do you think about the potential for running back by committee, Jason?
3: Uh I mean, it's it's there, but I think Bell's gonna Bell's gonna play nice, finish out this year, and in end, end his stint in Pittsburgh on a high note and move on to a different team next
1: year. Eric, real quick, I'll ask you the same question. Your thoughts on what could become running back by committee in Pittsburgh if Bell's holdout goes even further?
0: It can work because, again, this has been more of a Roethlisberger-led passing offense now with Juju Smith-Schuster with Antonio Brown. So with running back by committee, they're not going to miss too much of a beat. It could be, again, if Roethlisberger is healthy, what we saw a lot of out of New Orleans last year.
1: I mean, yeah, you kind of had the Kamara and mm-hmm. uh, why am I drawing, uh, Thomas yeah. situation in New Orleans. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the team that finished second in the AFC North last year, the Baltimore Ravens. Done in by the Cincinnati Bengals on the last day of the regular season. The fighting Flaccos end up sitting at home and watching the postseason. You know, they get an opportunity to extract revenge on Buffalo this year.
0: They do? And from everything about Flacco, he, the fighting the blue hen of the University of Delaware, he, he kind of lives up to that. He usually doesn't give a crap until he has to. So in his last year as GM before he retires, what does Ozzie Newsom do? He drafts a quarterback in Lamar Jackson. Is Jackson going to be ready to play? I don't think so. And like he's going to have a mentoring situation with RG3. So Flacco knows if he screws up and if he doesn't have at least a above decent year fans are going to be calling for his head i think that's going to help him and the ravens they're going to do better than people would expect
1: anybody have anything to add to that here we're going to try to just cut down on some of these teams here just because we're going to run so long over if we don't i'm i i'm trying not to run more than 75 to 80 minutes here but we're on pace to go <laughs> two hours
2: um I'll just say that the the quarterback situation in Baltimore is going to definitely be interesting, but it's definitely Flacco's job to lose. Um, The Ravens are going to be an interesting team, though, especially if the Steelers' issues still continue with Le'Veon Bell and Roethlisberger.
1: Well, the the thing about the Ravens' situation as well is it's not just Flacco and Jackson, Eric. You also have RG3 there as well now.
0: Well, yes, but here, again, like I was saying with the situation in New York, trade Bridgewater, McCown is the mentor, Darnold comes in late in the season. That's ideally what would the situation would be if Flacco acts up, get rid of Flacco, RG3 be the bridge, and the mentor to Lamar Jackson, have Lamar Jackson come in the season as late as possible because as we saw in the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game, he's good in spurts, but he's very, very raw. They're going to need to try to take as much time as they can to work on him before they put him out there.
1: Jason, you were about to say something. Go ahead. Uh,
3: I'm just going to say is uh, going to be starting by midseason. Uh, RG3 gets hurt walking into the training facility. And Flacco retires at the end of the season.
1: I would definitely make the argument that Flacco does not have much longer left in Baltimore, at least if not in the NFL in general. you got to think that Flacco's been in the NFL now, what, a decade and a half? What, 2002, 2003, somewhere in that range? Mm-hmm. So... The lifespan of an NFL quarterback is not traditionally nearly as long as what Flacco has played, and I think that injuries in father time are going to start catching up to him. We come into the Buckeye State, but we go to Cincinnati first for the Cincinnati Bengals, the team who I hold a special place in my heart for since they got my bills into the postseason last year. That being said, this is definitely going to be a down Cincinnati team, is it not, Brandon?
2: Yeah, it, it, it's definitely going to be a down Cincinnati team. It's going to be a very interesting uh, season for that bottom feeder spot uh, between them and the next team we'll be talking about. They have pieces, but I don't know how well those pieces are going to mesh.
1: Uh, Eric, I got a couple of words for you. I want to get your thoughts here. You Ready. Ready. Andy Dalton gets hurt. Matt Barkley is the starter.
0: Ew. 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 <laughs> I've seen that movie before, and I, I change the champion. Marvin Lewis, bro, start packing now. <laughs> oh, bro, no.
1: no. Speaking of. Speaking of Marvin Lewis, Jason, Marvin Lewis beating the Ravens on the last week of the regular season probably kept Lewis's job for him. Does he make it through the 2018 season?
3: Oh, hell no. I mean, I don't think he makes it through. I think he gets replaced by Christmas, if not Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah, I have to agree with that. I'm going to have a bold... I'm going to have a bold prediction uh, once we get to the standings.
1: We now head to the mistake on the lake in the Cleveland Browns, who in my opinion did arguably the most this offseason, adding names such as Jarvis Landry, Tyrod Taylor, um, Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb in the draft. Thank you. I completely space-cased on Nick Chubb in the draft. And what could eventually be the biggest addition this, this offseason, their first overall selection, the quarterback Baker Mayfield out of Oklahoma here.
3: All right, Brandon. And, and okay. as of tomorrow, they're going to add a solid veteran wide receiver in Des
1: Bryant. <laughs> Is that officially confirmed that he's going to sign?
3: He's meeting with them and he is being courted heavily, and with the legal and issues, um, among other things, that um, Josh Gordon had. I'm pretty sure that he'll sign
1: at least a one year contract with Cleveland. I'm not going to lie, the thought of Bryant lining up opposite from Jarvis Landry is really scary.
2: Yeah, that that wide receiver core could be, honestly, and it's shocking for me to say this considering it's the Browns, that could be one of the best wide receiver cores in the NFL.
3: Hold on, you got you got to throw in Njoku too. Mm-hmm. I mean, a huge tight end that is the prototypical tight end. Then... You you have to say, okay, if Gordon does get his head out of his butt, you put Gordon in the slot to stretch the field, I mean, that wide receiving core is hella scary. And even
0: Let's also- a little extra depth with Antonio Callaway. And also...
2: Well, this is assuming Callaway can keep his head out of his ass. Mm-hmm. And also, really? a- also, don't forget, Carlos Hyde, who came out of the backfield a good bit on passing routes when he was in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, but you would think the running back out of the backfield in Cleveland would have to be one of Eric's former players, Duke Johnson Jr. True.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: That brings us to the standings in the AFC North, Eric.
0: Steelers? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to hope and pray and maybe... Somewhat off the record, do voodoo if necessary, to make sure that uh, Roethlisberger stays healthy? If so, if they're going to be their division to lose, I think Flacco steps up and guides the Ravens to another second-place finish. And from everything I've seen with Cleveland, from what they've done in the preseason and the offseason in their front office and hard knocks, Fans, you'll better get used to the taste of Bud Light because those (laughs) victory fridges are actually going to open sooner than you think. I got the Browns in third, and Marvin Lewis goes out on a whimper into retirement, leading the Bungles to a fourth-place finish.
1: Jason?
3: Uh, I'm going to go Steelers. The Browns, Ravens and Bengals.
2: That, that would be a shock, but that news of Des Bryant going to the, the Browns if he does officially sign, that is a big question mark that I would be tempted to say that the Browns could be placed in second if they're able to sign Des Bryant, especially with what Tyrod Taylor did last year with the Bills. If he's able okay. to do that again in Cleveland, they could be a decent team. But my official prediction is going to be Pittsburgh, Baltimore, same as Eric, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati.
1: I'm tempted to agree with Jason, especially if the Des Bryant thing happens. That being said, I still think there's a little bit too much of a talent gap between the Ravens and the Browns right now. Mm
3: -hmm. Pittsburgh,
1: much the same way we talked about New England in the East, Pittsburgh is far and away the class of the North. Even if Le'Veon Bell isn't the Le'Veon Bell that we know him to be, a three-quarter interested Le'Veon Bell is still the best running back in the AFC North.
0: Steelers, mm-hmm. Steelers, Ravens, Browns, Bengals. And if for, by the way, as a quick correction, Flacco has only been in the league 10 years, drafted in 08. <laughs> It seems
1: like he's been around longer. Maybe he just has one of those faces that it feels like forever. He does.
0: He really does.
1: All right. So as we were kind of talking about a little bit off air, what we're going to do here is we're going to speed up the process a little bit. We'll have one of us go in depth for each of the teams for the other two divisions here. And we'll probably use that same format for the NFC. Although I guess technically maybe we'll have Brandon and Eric, or Brandon and Jason split the Giants, and then me and Eric will figure out something for the rest of the NFC East. But, um, yeah, let's move to the AFC South, and that takes me right to you, Eric. You start with your defending AFC South champions, the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: Honestly, we have done quite a bit in mainly keeping our core. Now, From everything in the preseason, the Jaguars are not up to – the level of Saxonville that we were at last year. But I think we could get very, very close. That's a good thing. Plus, we have a new wide receiver, like number 14, Hall. Oh, dear Lord, we need to incorporate him as much as we possibly can in the offense. Just either a perfect slot receiver or you can even line him out wide, go deep, because... We don't have Alan Hearns. We don't have Julius Thomas. We're going to have to grind and slow down the tempo as we did with a 15-play drive to start out the preseason ones against ones. That was great. Plus, getting rid of the curse of Chad Henney, bringing in a competent backup quarterback in Cody Kessler, I'm comfortable with what the team has done. But you'll be surprised when I get to the stands. I don't know if comfortable is necessarily a good thing, though, Eric. Like I said, I remember when I said at the beginning, people are going to be surprised and hate me for the level of homer that I'm going to be. I'm going to be realistic. What are your thoughts on losing your two best wide receivers from last year? Stupid, 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 blatantly stupid, blatantly avoidably stupid, and did I mention stupid?
2: <laughs>
0: Thanks for sharing. That's, yeah, it, it, there's. I uh, I'm not going to go too much into it, but I have inside sources within the organization about why those receivers left, and it is. Four or five levels of utter crap. <laughs>
1: hey Jason, I got a question for you: Tennessee or Indy? Take your pick.
3: Yeah, I'll take Tennessee because I'm a, I'm I'm a I'm bored for the uh, Southwest Patriots.
1: All right. Well, in that case, you're up next because Tennessee finished second in the division last year.
3: All right. Um. I, I mean, Tennessee is going to be vast improvement from last year um, on the field at least. They added Deion Lewis and Malcolm Butler, like I said, this is the Patriots Southwest. Um, if Mariota can play up his ability, um, Corey Davis could be step up and be a true wide receiver one that he's capable of being. This is a scary, scary team to face through the season.
1: Anybody have any other thoughts
0: here? When you say Southwest, you just mean Southwest in relation to Boston, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, you go South south and you go a little West and then you end up in
1: Tennessee. (laughs) Okay. Here's my concern with Corey Davis. Davis missed five games last season and then only had 34 catches for 375 yards. That's not one-level production in the NFL. It's not even close. Do you think that having another year on, and another offseason under his belt with Marcus Mariota helps Davis increase those numbers? Because if you, t- look, if you were to tell me that those were your numbers for our first-round draft pick last year, I'd tell you that your team made a mistake.
0: Well, I mean, at the same time, is it really going to help Marcus Mariota? Yeah, he torched the Jaguars twice, but that was about it. Mariota had 3,200
1: passing yards last year, 13 touchdowns, but 15 interceptions. It's part of the reason why the team still finished 9-7 and seven and made the postseason, taking out Kansas City in the first round. So, I mean, obviously obviously, there's talent there. The question is, is, is the talent going to be good enough in what could be the best division in the AFC this year?
0: Ugh... <sighs> From Mariota, and I said that whenever he was drafted by Tennessee, he had the potential to be a, at least an above-average quarterback if he was in the right system. This isn't the right system for him. I'm really to right. give a benefit of the doubt because there's been some coaching changes, but I'm still not seeing it overall.
1: Alright, so I mentioned my opinion that this might be the best division in the entire AFC this year. The reason I say that is because the fourth team in this division, the team that finished third last year, is the Indianapolis Colts. And this is an Indianapolis Colts team that's getting Andrew Luck back after playing, what, two series last year? I think he went mm-hmm. out first first or second series of the first game and then didn't play another snap. Uh-huh. So obviously the big question in Indianapolis is that Lucas Oil was going to be is Andrew Luck ready to go? More importantly, I think the question that they have to ask themselves is, why did they let most of Andrew Luck's dependables go? Frank Gore, gone. Dante Moncrief, gone. Um, hold on. I know there was another one of the big, the big threats that they had last year that's gone as well, but it's not listed here in PFW. So, But I know there was a third one that was gone as well. So, either way. This is Gore, or not Gore, this is Luck with a depleted team around him, and it makes me question the future in Indianapolis, even if Andrew Luck is completely healthy. Let me ask you this, Eric. If Luck is healthy, is he himself enough to help keep the Colts out of the basement, the AFC South?
0: Absolutely. Going away. And I think the Colts knew that when they made their priority offensive line. They looked at what he was able to do his first couple of seasons, taking mediocre and slightly above mediocre to the playoffs, to 11-win seasons, and to an AFC championship game. It took them a little bit too long to realize this, but they realized it now while they're still very much there to salvage.
1: I'm worried about the running back situation, though, with it just being Marlon Mack and then fourth-round draft pick Naheem Hines. I think Luck's going to need more production out of his backfield, and honestly, I would not be surprised that once cuts and once uh, waivers start happening in training camp, them going after a marquee back in order to give Andrew Luck another, another personality coming out of the backfield.
0: Oh, absolutely. They're going to get more weapons now that they've taken care of the main things.
1: Brandon, you close us out with the last-place team from last year, the Houston Texans.
2: Yeah, the only reason why the Texans last year were in last place was because Deshaun Watson went down fairly early in the season. He was doing astounding for them, and he is definitely going to be the key for them moving forward. They have a lot of pieces around him. They've got DeAndre Hopkins still. Um, As long as Watson can stay healthy and avoid the sophomore slump, I think Houston can do some real damage in the South.
0: Ugh. This this pretty much will help confirm my picks once we get to those. And have we lost Harry? <laughs> I'm
1: still here. I'm sorry. My mistake. I had my microphone muted. I was using the restroom. I apologize. Uh, it's now time for our official predictions for order of finish in the division. Eric, you go first.
0: Remember how I was saying about the level of Homer and how people would hate me and how I'm going to be realistic? Your 2018 AFC South champions? Houston Texans. Indianapolis Colts. What? And I've got got Houston finishing second. Mm -hmm. I Ah! think... I think the Jaguars, everything I've seen, I'm comfortable, but I knew damn sure from day one going into the offseason and everything that happened, they were going to take a tremendous step back. I'm leaning, I won't again say the record, but yes, Colts one, Texans two, Jags in third, Tennessee brings up the rear.
3: Just for the record,
2: mm-hmm.
3: since since we're since we're doing the gentleman's bet,
1: mm-hmm.
3: we're we're going with most correct, right? Yes, yeah. we are we, going to go with most correct.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll do okay because with...
3: because I'm so I mean when I make my predictions I'm already going to be Derek.
0: You say that now, okay, okay. Well,
1: Jason, funny that you say that. You're up next. My
3: predictions are the Tennessee Titans winning the division. Oh, The Jags, the, Jags, <laughs> the Jags being second. The Texans at third. And Indianapolis
2: at the bottom. Are, are we all going to have different teams uh, winning the division here?
0: Gee, I feel like whatever they smoking and or drinking, I want some. <laughs> oh. Okay,
1: uh, Brandon, the answer to your question is possibly here, depending on who you have winning the division. So far, we have one vote Titans, one vote Colts.
2: Shall I shall I confirm or uh, disprove this now? I have a funny feeling you're about to confirm it because I know who I'm picking. I I also know who I'm picking. The number one team in the a- in the AFC South is going to be the Houston Texans. Jaguars at two, Tennessee three, and Indy dead last.
1: Brandon and I agree on three and four, but we each have a different winner of this division. <laughs> this is going to be fun.
3: So the AFC South is going to decide basically... Who wins our gentlemen's Pretty
2: game. much. Yeah. <laughs>
1: My 2018 AFC South champions are the Jacksonville Jaguars. Followed by the Houston Texans. The Indianapolis Colts. And the Tennessee Titans. Yes, I know. We switched three and four as well. Yeah.
2: I, uh, yeah.
0: I'm dumbfounded right now. I... Alright. Okay. <laughs> this is going to make for an interesting season. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Brandon, guess what? You kick us off with the AFC West as by process of elimination and you not picking a team,
2: we have gifted you the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, fair enough. The Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, this is going to be a very, very interesting season for them. They lost their what I thought Certainly could be a franchise quarterback for them in Alex Smith, and and they didn't really add a ton this season. Um, do I think they're going to be a decent team? Yes, but I do not think they'll be quite as good as they were last year. And the and having Mahomes back in. You know, behind center, it's going to get some gain. It's going to take some getting used to for them, I feel.
1: Eric, we've been having this conversation with Robert Taylor. Shout out MMA to the max if you haven't listened before. But we've been having this conversation with Robert Taylor all preseason.
0: Mm-hmm. Patrick,
1: Patrick Mahomes is not a top 15 quarterback, is he?
0: No. No. Hell no. no. He He's. He has, if you give him a couple of years, maybe top 15 potential, but right now, no. He's, like I said about other quarterbacks, very, very raw. He's got the benefit of having to sat a year, and he's also got the benefit of really an offensive guru in the likes of Andy Reid, but... He's only gonna do with so much. Texas Tech quarterbacks have not fared well in the NFL over the past, oh, I don't know, twenty plus years. He's Uh, gonna continue that trend.
1: Well, I don't necessarily fully agree with that because Dalton's had a pretty good career.
0: Andy Dalton Dalton went to TCU. Yeah.
1: You're right, my mistake. Wow, well, Texas Tech quarterbacks really haven't done shit, have they? Exactly.
0: Actually, I can give um, you the whole list dating back to Cliff Kingsbury. Remember him?
1: <laughs> I, I'd like to forget. I think most NFL fans would like to forget, too. Anyway, real quick, um, the only plus thing that I see for Patrick Mahomes here is the fact that he has Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. The problem for Patrick Mahomes is now NFL defenses know who Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill are. And the second best uh, option, the second best option in Kansas City right now is Sammy Watkins. As a
0: Buffalo Bills no, fan. No, it isn't. What Kelsey.
1: Well, the tight end, but a wide receiver it's it's Sammy Watkins.
0: I mean yeah, second best wide receiver, that I'll give you. Yeah.
3: yeah but, but Kelsey's yeah. going to catch a lot more balls than Watkins and touchdowns.
1: But at the same time, though, if defenses can shut down Tyreek, that means his go to receiver is Sammy Watkins. Is that a position you'd be comfortable with, Kansas City fans? Because I can tell you from experience in Buffalo, it doesn't work out real well. I was about to say, ask our resident Buffalo (laughs) fan. (laughs) I was super excited when Sammy got drafted in the first round in 2014, I want to say it was. 13, 14, one of those two. 14. And then Sammy proceeded to do nothing to live up to that fourth overall pick expectation. All right. The runners-up in the AFC West last year were the Los Angeles Chargers. That takes me to Jason Teethley.
3: Oh, how I'm going to love the Chargers this season. And um, just to throw something out there, Philip Rivers will have three letters behind his name at the end of the season. Just predicting that one. Um, with Rivers, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, uh, and you even throw Eckler in there, that offense is going to be humming. Yes, they lost Hunter Henry, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I keep hearing the rumblings of a certain retired tight end coming back into the fold. For one last hurrah since Hunter Henry went down. On the other side of the ball, um, Joey Bosa, Ingram, and Hayward are going to be lights out. And I'm pretty confident that um, these bolts will go far.
1: Anybody have anything to add here?
0: Go Chargers, (laughs) go. I'm going
3: right. to download the San, San Diego Chargers. I know they're not San Diego anymore, but we're going to have the San Diego S- Chargers song play at some point during the season.
0: <laughs> the, the old Super Chargers one from the 80s? Yes, please. Yes, yes sir. <laughs> All right, let me throw out two words that
1: will be absolutely terrifying to Chargers fans Geno Smith. If anything hap- if anything happens to Philip Rivers, and history has taught us that quarterback injuries are a common occurrence in the NFL, now the backup for the Chargers is Geno Smith, the guy even his teammates dislike.
0: Look, well, if Chargers. I, I want fans- to this out there. Go ahead, Eric. Chargers fans, you better do everything you can, line the StubHub Center with some kind of protection or something. You know damn well that man has about eight kids, and you do not want to see Geno Smith, okay? It is in your best interest for number 17 to stay upright and healthy. You know this, Jason. All
3: I'm going to say is Geno Smith was good enough to replace a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, under a man. man who did we not name the segment stepped in Macadoo because of him. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm just giving. I'm just
3: giving some Charger fans. This, this was also. Opposed.
2: This was also a man who was uh, who uh, stepped in for a man who infamously butt fumbled.
3: And also, you do realize. I do have a special place for Geno Smith in my heart
1: due to yes. where he was
3: called. Yes, 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 we do. So, know.
1: It's a West Virginia, boy, and you're all yeah. up his ass this year.
0: Yeah, and Geno Smith has a special place in IK and in Polly's heart, too. What does that tell you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the guy's so disliked, even his own teammates want to punch him. <laughs> and they do. <laughs> and, and then and then his teammates get cut and then signed by Buffalo <laughs> because Rex Ryan has no chill <laughs> Missy and Buffalo a little bit Rex not enough to want Sean McDermott gone but Missy and Buffalo a little bit you made things
2: entertaining at least Brandon you
1: have the Oakland Raiders
2: wait I thought I went already oh wait Eric
0: you have the Oakland Raiders? Yes, as a matter of fact I do. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm
1: sorry, Brandon. Eric, you have the Oakland. It's preseason. Cut me a break, people.
0: Yeah, Fair it's enough. Pre-season even for the host too. But anyways. <laughs> yeah okay. Good news. Derek Carr is healthy. Somewhat ambivalent news. You have John Gruden. Bad news. Said John Gruden is all in love with Derek Carr, but he has not reached out to Khalil Mack and is showing Guy's film from 1976. (laughs) Chucky, I love you. You know better than that. These are not the same Raiders with guys like Lyle Alzado, Ken Stabler, and Fred Malitnikov. These guys play just as dirty, but they don't have the use of steroids and a bowl full of pills. Okay, you'll get 300 penalties a year instead of 500, but you get my point. You're going to have to sit down, use all of your expertise from your past coaching and Monday Night Football, and actually, you know, prove me right that you can still do this and still, for the most part, care. The game's changed. You've changed with it. You just catch up. You'll be fine. It's like riding a bike. It's like riding a bike. It's like riding a bike. <laughs> there is
1: talk that there are two teams that have come to the forefront of the Khalil Mack trade rumors. One of them is Green Bay. The other is Buffalo.
3: The... Uh, oh, I think oh, oh. he'll go to Green Bay over Buffalo. Well, I'm
1: not. Dis, I'm not disagreeing with that, but at the same time, Buffalo already has a strong defensive front as is. Could you imagine putting Khalil Mack onto that offensive line with guys like Kyle Williams?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd put him on the defensive line. I would not put him on the Mark, offensive. That's line. That's what I
1: meant. It's, it's <laughs> like I said, it's preseason. Could you imagine putting him on the defensive line next to Kyle Williams?
2: Oh, God, yeah.
0: You, you, you hear this, Oakland? Do you want to suffer these two years before you move to Vegas and you pretty much never have any relevant teams in your city again? Or do you do you want to go and try to prevent this, keep Khalil Mack, and you have at least one last hurrah in you? Come on, Oakland fans. I know you're in the black hole. I know y'all. <laughs> All I
1: right, I will say this much as far as Oakland goes, though. These are the same fans that will be kicking themselves if they turn down an XFL
0: franchise by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. They're not going to. They're not. Probably not.
1: They'll be kicking themselves because the XFL is the closest thing to real football. Oakland's going to get come 2020 anyway.
0: Yeah, that's why they're not going to be kicking themselves. They're not going to pull a San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) That leaves me and the Denver Broncos.
1: That's a scary thought. I will be the first person to admit that I was a Denver Broncos fan growing up. My favorite AFC team has always been the Buffalo Bills. My second favorite team in the AFC was the Denver Broncos because I was a huge John Elway fan. There is a new gunslinger in Denver. His name is Case Keenum. Obviously going to be an upgrade over the way that Paxton Lynch played at quarterback last year. And I don't know if you guys follow Not Sports Center on Facebook, but the Denver Broncos quarterback depth chart is freaking hilarious.
3: Yes it is. I have to admit that was one of the funniest things I ever seen.
0: Yeah, that that kudos to them on that one. That was genius.
1: The two scariest words to a Denver Broncos fan though might be the words Chad Telly. Because <laughs> Last year's Mr. Irrelevant, who had a history of being Mr. Inconsistent at Old Miss, may become Mr. Starting Quarterback if anything happens to Keenum.
0: But but see, here's the thing. And I know certain producers on this network that I may or may not be doing shows with tonight always get on me about this. But as I say... At least you have a quarterback and now multiple quarterbacks from actual football schools. That counts for something. <laughs> Not a lot in the backup rule in this case, but it's something. You had a quarterback from a non-football school, two of them as a matter of fact, and where did it get you? <laughs> One crappy
1: quarterback. Two crappy <laughs>
0: quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: uh.
3: Uh, I mean, they did. Sa- I mean, Denver did sacrifice a virgin once.
2: <laughs> oh God!
1: Wait, um, I I don't think I know this story, and something tells me I don't want to. Tebow, you know, yeah, fair. <laughs> Anywho, let's talk about the other weapons that are in Denver here. Let's talk about Demaryius Thomas, and Old. let's talk about Emmanuel Sanders. Old. And also, let's talk about their running back, Devonta Booker.
3: Replaced by Freeman.
1: (laughs) Did you see the run that Freeman had in the preseason game against Minnesota?
0: He looked really good. Yes, he did.
1: I was watching the highlights on, uh, on the NFL Network app on the Roku, and Freeman actually looked pretty good in that game.
0: He really did. I watched most of that game, especially because they kudos to Denver and Minnesota for lining up their quarterback depth charts perfectly because the first, second, and third string all had storylines. So, yeah, that I was a little bit surprised, but very pleased.
1: (laughs) Your guys' thoughts on what should be a very interesting, to say the least, division here? Let's go to predicted order of finish, Eric.
0: Well, as I said before, and I will say it again, go Chargers go. I have them winning. Second place. Second place is going to be not as tricky as you would expect. Are we going to see a repeat of what happened in Minneapolis? No. But I think Case Keenum is more than capable in doing the job. They're second. Chucky has a rough year to start in Oakland. They're finishing third. And yeah, Robert, I know you're listening. You're going to have to go to the doctor pretty soon to take care of that prior prism because it's not going to be a pleasant season for you. Chiefs are last. It ain't Holmes time. <laughs> Nor is
1: it Mahomes time either. Whatever. (laughs) Rolling with my homies. Apparently Eric is rolling with his my homies right in the last place.
0: (laughs) Exactly. In the end, what does it really matter? (laughs) Besides, if anything, I wish I was rolling at the Wiz Khalifa concert tonight. But that's the story. Rest in peace, Chester
1: Bennington. I, I caught the slick little reference there. <laughs> Jason, AFC West, order a finish. Uh,
3: Chargers, Chiefs, Oakland, Denver.
2: Brandon? Am I the only one that has faith in John Gruden around here, apparently? Yes. Obviously. <laughs> In, yes, in, in, for, the, for the first year. Yes, <laughs> in, in in first place. Yes, they they may have some uh, learning curves at the beginning of the season, but I think Derridas get the number one spot. This is definitely going to be the most competitive uh, division. I think, though. Uh, I, mean,
1: it, I think the toss up between this and the South,
2: because the South could go. Uh, the, I would yeah. take
3: the I'd take the South over the West.
2: Uh, In second, I have the Chargers, the Chiefs are in third, and Denver is in fourth. I'm closer to Eric, but we're flipping
1: three and four. Fair. I have the Chargers winning the division. I have the Broncos finishing second. I have the Chiefs finishing third. And the Raiders bring up the rear. And I think a lot of this is going to depend on the health of Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, he's coming off—he is coming off of a major injury at the end of last season with that broken leg.
0: Yes, but I—but I will give Chucky credit. One thing he did right: EJ Manuel is third string for a reason. Connor Cook to me took major strides; those were evident in. His action in this preseason game. Let that sink in for former first-round draft pick EJ Manuel. You just
1: got beaten out for a roster spot by a guy from Illinois.
0: He's from
1: Illinois. Connor Cook played quarterback in Illinois, if I recall correct, or was it Iowa? It was one of the Big Ten schools. I want to say it was Illinois. No. I was I was thinking it was
3: Michigan State. Yeah, I'm pretty
1: sure it was Michigan State. Again, preseason for the host too. Uh, I'm having a day. Yeah,
3: yeah he played at yeah. Michigan I, State. I,
1: I just looked it up. It's Michigan State.
3: Because he was there with uh, Cousins.
1: Well, that explains why he didn't play a whole lot in college, and I thought he went to <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> he did play quite a bit in
0: college. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What are you talking about?
3: He was ahead of Cousins in in college.
1: Who the hell thought that was a good idea?
3: <laughs> Michigan State?
0: Yeah. I and mean, it kind of worked, apparently. I mean, wasn't How he... about that?
2: <laughs>
1: uh, like I said, it's preseason for the host too. Once we have actual games to talk about, I promise to try not to suck as much. <laughs> I make I make no such promises, but I promise to try at least.
0: <sighs>
1: so that officially locks in our predictions for the AFC. What's gonna happen in the NFC? Guess I'll just have to tune in next week to find out.
0: Deep tease. So I am going to make someone extremely happy. But I even I may end up on an island. Uh,
3: well, I'm- that means Harry, that means because if you was going to make me happy, then that would un- tell you would also make Brandon happy. Yeah.
2: We're fans of the same team. I know.
1: Okay, but, but at the same time, though, I don't really have any. He, an he NFC doesn't have team. an so, NFC
2: team, so it has to be us, I guess. So I guess he's picking the Giants to win the East. So, so okay, so did
3: <laughs> me and Brandon, like, do Wonder Twin Powers in the form of a
1: Johnson <laughs> mm. I mean, that's basically the extent of what fantasy football to the max has come to, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> much. It, I'm just gotta saying. record
3: a damn episode first.
1: <laughs> well, you guys did the uh you guys did the rookie draft. That counts for something, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess. Although whoever picked Darius Geis, not to say I told you so, but <laughs> Who, who was it that selected Geis again? And I said that I wouldn't trust him. I think that was me. Yeah, he's out for the season. Uh, with Yeah, a I, yeah you, I
2: know. Oh, no, you, no, you took
3: Barkley. I took Geis. Oh, right. Because I gave you Barkley since you're a Giants fan as well. And I figured I'd go. No, whoever took the second. I might have took Geis at four. Because I know I picked fourth. I don't know. I have to go back and listen. I've got I've got a long day at work tomorrow, so I can go back and listen and then I can let everybody know who sound like idiots and who made has made some good predictions thus far. I'm
1: planning I'm planning on going back and writing down everybody's predictions and everybody's picks from the draft and comparing stats at the end of the season. Uh, In addition, I, we will be in addition, we will be involved in a fantasy football league here through the W2M network, which is available online at W2Mnet.com. The network, not the fantasy football league. That's members only.
3: Um, if Sean ever gets started.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: Yeah, about that. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> am, I, am I the only one whose league is actually, you know, drafted and good to go? <laughs>
3: My ain't going to be dominated by the rookie of that
0: league. <laughs> right, right, right. Mm-mm. Nah, nah, bro. Nah, bro. You nah, should have let,
1: let Robert into the league so he can draft Patrick Mahomes and give you guys all an easy <laughs> win. I mean, no, we, we,
0: we we already have a similar guy like that, and he's also a Gator fan. In last place, hey, we Hey, hey, have- hey, don't bump us all together, jackass. <laughs> hey, it's not—look then you got to go ahead and check with him. In my league, the last place, in honor of true Australian sports, the last place winner gets the wooden spoon. He's been in the league pretty much the entire time, which is a decade. He's won that wooden spoon all but twice?
3: Uh, All I'm going to say in that league, my receivers are Beckham, (laughs) Diggs, Robinson. Okay, then. My quarterbacks are Wilson and Wentz. Hmm. Yeah. My running, better my my better running backs are Hunt, Howard, Freeman. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Hunt, uh, Howard, j- j-
3: Freeman, j- 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 and uh, Lamar Miller. Gotta up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I gotta go to bed. <laughs> Peace out. Love, peace, chicken, grease, cool, wackadoo, blue, slurpee. I'm out, Cuff Scout.
1: (laughs) For Jason Teasley, Eric Watkins, and Brandon Bing, I'm Harry Broadhurst. This has been the AFC Preview Edition of The Kickoff, here on the W2M Network, available online at w2mnet.com. In addition, fantasy football to the max is coming back. The Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and 205 Live reviews are all available for your viewing pleasure. This week's NXT episode will be done tomorrow for you to listen to. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week as we preview, preview the NFC here on The Kickoff here on the W2M Network.